Hello, welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Uh, we are your hosts. Uh, I am Steve, and this is my co-host as always. I'm Jen. Oh, I'm laughing because your hello sounded like um, remember the back in the days when we used to call it like movie phone. Hello. <laughs> like when you, you when, like when you would call and they tell you the show time. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I feel like I could do that. I feel like I could do that. I, yeah, I would love to be a voiceover. Yeah. Like, I would love to record people's voicemails for them. Call me. Let <laughs> yeah, me know. movie phone, if you guys need, we're here are for they you. Are business? I don't know. I'm sure they are. Or Fandango or any of those guys. Uh, anyway. Sorry for <laughs> derailing. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is, depending on whether when you're listening to it, uh, this is either the last episode of this year or the first episode of the new year. Um, this is our year-end review podcast. This is one of my favorite ones this to do. This is my favorite episode. I think so. I, it, it's the one that gives us, like, that allows so us to go... So much joy. So much joy. It lets us, you know, we get to go over all the things that happened in the year. Um, it gives us, like, a longer look, you know, not just, like, pinpointing one specific, you know, thing or instance or trend, but we get to look at, you know, the year at large and... I think uh, you and I discussed that we're going to do it a little differently this year. So previously, we'd be like, what are the best shows, best you know songs and yeah. movies and stuff. But uh, I think 2017 was um, – it was like a year where every – it felt like everything blended together. You know, and there were – you had uh, poignantly uh, pointed out that there were a lot of overarching themes in 2017. A lot of things that happened that mm-hmm. influenced pop culture and art – at large, and I feel like this was the first time in like my life where like pop culture really was at like the forefront of um, a lot of things that were happening like in the world and mm-hmm. in America. So uh, why don't we start with some of the trends that you had identified, and then we can talk about how each one of those kind of bled into uh, pop culture for 2017. Okay. Um, so I think to start, I think. Uh, in the state of the world that we are in um, and a certain person being in office, I think infused a lot of the stuff mm. in um, 2017 that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So our first kind of big moment in pop culture, like overarching category is politics. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, carrying on this tradition of like political skewering, like that kind of really started in 2016 with all of the um, election stuff happening. Like, yeah. really reached its peak this year because oh, every yeah. other day you would wake up and something crazy <laughs> would have happened. And just when you thought, like, things couldn't get crazier, they inevitably found its way to become even t- more crazy. So, um, so I just have, like, I don't know, like, I, there's not a very cohesive way of doing things, but I just kind of wanted to tick off some of the things that I think mm-hmm. were... I mean, 2017 um, wasn't very cohesive anyway, so it's fine. Thank you very much, yes. So, I guess, like, um, we had tons of Trump skewering. skewering. Um, the kind of biggest one being, like, SNL mm-hmm. and, like, um, in particular, like, Alec Baldwin's impression of Trump, mm-hmm. um, which he won an Emmy for, and he's practically now a cast member at this point. I feel like he's on, like, he's every on week. He's on episode, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, in, in the beginning of the year, we had really, kind of, like, really political tones at, like, award shows, mm-hmm. um, like, at the Golden Globes. And last, Jan- this past January, 
Um, Meryl Streep won, like, you know, like, one of those, like, Lifetime Achievement Awards, and, like, she used her speech to highlight, like, what a bully Trump was being, and then, you know, in true Trump fashion, he, like, retaliated by really calling her, like, an an overrated actress, which is probably the biggest lie he's ever Um, but then, you know, like, then, like, I... In particular, I'm calling this one out because I think it's such a good monologue. But like Aziz Ansari hosted SNL. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, the day after the inauguration and the day of the Women's March, and like his monologue was just like so funny, but also just like so like you know like a. It it just seemed raw to so many yeah. people because like we were in for. Four years of, like, yeah. you know? Um, and none of us knew at that point how badly bad it was, just yeah. how bad it was going to get. Um, members of much more so than, like, in any other Any other mission, by far, by members far. Members of his administration became characters and became... Celebrities, celebrities in their own right. In their own right. Um, most notably, like, Sean Spicer, who had to, like, face the press, like, every single day and was, like, kind of, like, the base front front-facing um, member of the administration who, you know, the inevitably got fired and then, um, like, had his moment at, like, was it this year's Emmys? Like, where he yeah, with uh, Stephen Colbert, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then you had some really, like, pleas for, like, personal, like, personal pleas to the administration um, most notably being Jimmy Kimmel, who, mm. you know, he is kind of like one of my least favorite. I just don't have, I don't think about him ever, right? right. Like, and I don't really watch a show, but like, you know, his son Billy, like, was born with a heart defect, and like, he, um, in his very short life, I think he's like a year now, um, has had already had like two heart surgeries, yeah. and like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is obviously like a man who like can afford all of these things, right. and has good health care, but he, through this experience, was really putting himself in the shoes of like all the people who would be affected by, by any um, changes to our health care law, and so really putting our politicians on blast and um, really calling to attention like using his platform to call attention to an issue that like normally wouldn't intersect with like the stuff that he's doing exactly was really like powerful and his attempt to really like use his monologues and use his platform to try to hold administration and lawmakers accountable like I think like you know I don't think I think gained him new fans but oh for also, sure like it didn't do him any favors for like a whole section of america but like i don't think it's for him it ever was about that right right right, right speaking truth and like who knew a man could cry so much like <laughs> <laughs> he cried through every one of those moments but that like made it so much more touching um yeah i mean yeah. i think with the with the administration specifically i mean this one more than any like you can just you know so many of them. You know, it's like, even on SNL, it's like, um, the last one that was, like, that had this many, like, uh, people that were being impersonated was, like, the the Bush one. Yeah. You know, where you yeah. had, like, you know, uh, someone playing George W. Bush, someone playing 
you know, a calm Powell, someone playing Dick Cheney and stuff. But this is like a whole nother level where it's like they have very specific people playing um, like other specific characters where you have like you had Melissa McCarthy like playing Sean Spicer. You know, you have uh, Kate McKinnon playing, you know, she started off with Hillary, but now she's playing like Jeff Sessions. Yeah. And, you know, like this is one where they're getting celebrities who are not cast members to play Trump administration like people, you know, um, and it's and with Jimmy Kimmel, um, you know, you make like a great point where like it started off with just healthcare, and now he's just like feuding mm-hmm. with like uh, members yeah. of like the GOP. I mean, I know he and like Roy Moore have been going like back and forth, and like it's part of his Has monologue he now. Yet? I have I no just, idea. Okay. I have no idea. Okay. I mean, that it's funny because in our last episode you talked about. Doug Jones, that's also the name of the Democratic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And so uh, the other thing is, um, you know, Stephen Colbert, or yeah, Stephen Colbert um, taking over the number one spot from Jimmy Fallon. Mm -hmm. Who has just steadily been declining. Yeah, ever since that, the Trump thing. And I think it's because, like, Stephen Colbert just going all in Mm -hmm. on, like, talking about politics in his monologue. And that has, um, and he's obviously very, like liberal and like his viewership just i don't know if it's going up but his lead as number one Mm -hmm. at least keeps increasing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so um i think it's really hard to separate politics from anything almost anything we've watched or like seen or like heard in 2017 um i know for me uh there are two specific um tv shows that i watch where it's really hard at at first glance it's they don't seem political at all, but then for me, it was hard to, like, kind of separate. Um, the first one is, actually, my favorite show of the year was The Young Pope. I loved The Young Pope. Um, has it been renewed? So, it was supposed to be a limited series, and so it's only supposed to be one season. The guy who, like, wrote, directed um, the episodes, he's coming out with a new show called The New Pope. And they're not sure if it's, like in this universe yeah. or if he just like really likes making shows about the Vatican okay. you know um and so uh towards the end it like leans on its own like legs mm-hmm. but in the very beginning and this it should be noted that this TV show was made before the election before Trump even became president mm-hmm. right but it was just released like later yeah. um he has a really tumultuous relationship with the press and it's super hard not to see the parallels between the young Pope and, like, this current administration. I mean, later on, it, I don't want to spoil anything, but, like, later on it looks nothing like the current administration. But, like, those little things, it, it's hard to kind of, um, it's hard not to see it everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, the other show, and this is an even further stretch. Like, the young Pope, it's, like, not really a stretch at all. You can, like, obviously see it. Uh, this one, it's a little more of a stretch, or a lot more of a stretch, but uh, American Vandal. On Netflix, right? I I um I promised myself I was going to watch it after Stranger Things, and I've just gotten caught up in other things. But I will watch. I mean, it. there's there's just always too much TV to watch in general, right? Uh, American Vandal, um, where like you know who holds the power, you know what assumptions, like who's innocent, guilty, like how it's for me, it really sh- in a very fun. It starts off really funny. Mm-hmm. And then it gets really deep really quick. And it's like, yeah, and it's like, it makes you think about, not like the American justice system the way like 13th did, but it really makes you think about like, oh man, like, 
we like how does justice even really work? Uh, you know what I yeah. mean? And it like, and like, even if we're right or even if we're wrong, like to get to the truth, right? Like what sacrifices are we willing to make? And like, what are we willing to do to find out the truth? And that just like, it's hard to watch something like that in the political climate now and not like make those connections. Right. And And for me, it might be because, you know, I've watched everything we've talked about thus far, and so it is hard for me. And for someone else, it might be easy to not make that connection. But for me, at least, it was hard not to kind of, like, pull on those threads. You know what I mean? Has um, it been um, picked up for season Yeah, yeah. They, they already have a, a trailer for, okay. for season two, which I'm super, super excited for. Okay. Yeah. Did you have another one for... For politics? For politics, the Netflix special. Oh, Thank you, Steve. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, so in light of all of this stuff, like, I, I did want to make a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of um, the talk this year has been about what it means to be American, what it means to be an immigrant, uh, how to, and, you know, at the heart of every American, like, you are an immigrant, mm-hmm. basically. And, you know, I guess people argue that, but that's factually incorrect because <laughs> none of us were... 100% true. Yeah. Um, but there is a really moving and funny comedy special on Netflix called Homecoming King. And it is by um, the comedian Hassan Minaj, who is a uh, correspondent on The Daily, the Daily Show, Show with Trevor Noah. But he also hosted the Trump-less White House Correspondents Dinner this year. Also a first for the administ- um, for any administration to like not be at that correspondence dinner um but it's really like i mean I, to me it was just such a funny and moving piece of art um it's not like your traditional stand-up comedy special like he uses the whole stage and he uses like um like almost like a powerpoint kind of and mm, interesting to, like point out certain things and it like um it amplifies like his anecdotes so much uh-huh. like these visual props that he uses um, it's not like carrot top props, right? No, it's oh like, god, no! Uh, oh, sorry, I just got a glimpse of carrot top <laughs> in my head, and I think he like if I ever saw carrot top like in person, I think I would cry because he's so scary looking to me. Um, but it's just a gut punch on like what it means to be like American, mm. what it means to be, what, what that means for like immigrants versus like children of immigrants, right? And it's all presented by this like cool, smart, funny like Indian American kid who's wearing, like, cool kicks, and, like, yeah. he's just, he's, like, a, he's, like, a handsome, cool kid, right, like, so he's not, like, it's, like, nerdy, like, that, not that that's any, like, worse or anything, but, um, the weaving of, like, heartbreak and humor into, like, into the telling of his life story, like, it's just so good. Have you watched it? I haven't. I think you should totally watch it. We're I still think. on the, the Trevor Noah special. Oh, is that good? I yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty good, it's okay. pretty good. Um, you know, and so with this whole theme of, of politics, like, you know, we've discussed it in, in pop culture specifically with, you know, um, a lot of, uh, the TV and it's, I think, you know, we've primarily focused on TV, but, um, you know, you, you'd mentioned something where like, there's even this like backlash with like us as consumers, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, it, you know, with the per- current political climate, like you, everyone has to now kind of um not be weary but like focus your message 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you could have, like, great intentions, but if you don't know what you're doing, like, you will be called out on it so fast. And could you talk about, because you, you mentioned it to me before, like, some of these, like, influencers who tried to exert their influence in 2017 yeah. and just failed miserably. Or, like, the companies that have tried to use yep. these influencers. Uh, just the my word. F- my favorite yeah. one is, is the Pepsi one. Yeah, it's my favorite yes. one. I think that's the probably like a really good um, example of this. But like you know, full disclosure, <laughs> I, I want to be an influencer. <laughs> but um, I think with that word influencer and like viral stars and YouTube stars, that kind of reached their peak this yeah. year. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, uh, earlier this year. Their uh, Pepsi decided it was a great idea to make this really terrible, terrible um, commercial that was so tone deaf. <laughs> and um, you know, the gist of it is that like Kendall Jenner, who I like as a model, she's in this in this commercial, but like she like diffuses like all this like police protesting, mm. um, like a Black Lives Matter protest by like giving a police officer a pepsi and it like fixed all the problems and people were like the fuck like it just it was so tone deaf and like pepsi like really got a lot of flack for it rightfully so rightfully so and they pulled it and um you know but like in addition to that like her friend Gigi hadid like made fun of like chinese people and then like the issue (laughs) statement about like having the utmost respect and love for people in China and like just a ton of these like influencers that we put our like money into and our all of our eggs into like I don't know that that's the right way to go Mm. um as with the fire festival which was like Mark and we talked at length about it that is my favorite (laughs) that is my favorite Um, you know, like this, like music festival that was like strictly marketed by influencers yep. to people like us, yeah, with the hopes that like these influencers can like influence these people to, and they they did, but like it turned out to be like the most disaster of disasters um, events, and it's just like, what is what what are we doing like what era are we in like why is this a thing and people who make money why are influencers a thing why are influencers a thing I'm not sure that's why I want to be one I don't know Um, we just want to find out we just want to get to the bottom of the truth I want to find out what it feels like to record videos and then have people like 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 the videos and then like (laughs) me make money off of it so if you found that if you found the secret like let me know so that I can get in on it but um, yeah like I don't know I just maybe Maybe uh, 2018 will be the year that, like, social media and, like, influencing will be a little bit less dependent on to sell stuff and to... Hopefully. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Hopefully. Great. Um, why don't we move on to our next theme, mm. right? Uh, our next theme is uh, people of color. 2017, not perfect, obviously, but definitely a step up for people of color, especially in uh, mainstream media. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm looking at the list that we have here, and most of it is is movies. So, um, you know, like off the top of my head, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, we mentioned this on our last pod, so, you know, I won't spend too much time on it. But, like, you know, Disney Pixar's Coco, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on a Mexican-American family. Um 
you know, I think, uh, did you watch Get Out? No. no I haven't even, I'm not, scary. I'm not a fan of scary movies, but like, I love the idea. I love, um, I can't say the execution because I haven't watched it, but from all, from everything that I've heard from other people, yeah. it was phenomenal. It was smart. Yeah. It was yeah. funny. It was scary. It was great and really got to the core of, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the issues that like it deals with, you know, in the film, and uh, I think you and I both enjoyed Master of None, mm-hmm. season two, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is a real. I think this is a big step up, especially in light of things that happened, like last year, in light of the was it's called whitewashing, yeah. like, white, whitewashing of roles yeah. where we saw what do we see? We saw um, you know uh, Tilda Swinton playing an Asian uh, Tibetan n- Tibetan character monk in. No? Not a okay. monk. Like an okay. in, in ancient celestial, ah, like right. whatever, right? Um, in Doctor Strange, uh, we had uh, Matt Damon playing a dude in The Great Wall. Yeah. And we had, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson playing a Japanese major um, in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. You know? So. Um, uh, yeah, I can't even... But yeah, like it's it, it's definitely it's frustrating. Definitely right? changing. I think yeah. the landscape is definitely changing. So like, Get Out, I think on its own merit, um, like the it being this really smart, um, just a smart, funny, scary movie that's like a hybrid of like so many genres. Like in itself, I think was just it was meant to be a critical and mass success. Uh-huh. But at the heart of it, it's like. You know, in a year where we had Charlottesville and, like, players kneeling, like, this small movie about racial paranoia felt Mm. completely right. Um, And I actually kind of am interested in how, like, Hollywood is ultimately going to react to that, like, with the award seasons coming up. I was just going to ask you, what what are the odds you would, or the chances you would give it for being nominated for Best Picture? So I kind of want to give it a higher chance than The Last Jedi, <laughs> which is what you talked about in the last episode, um, only because I just feel like... Uh, so like a 5% chance, like a 10% chance? No, I think it's definitely a little bit higher than nice. that. But I also think they're going to just go in the direction of like best screenplay oh, versus like best, best picture. picture. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, it only got really nominated for two Golden Globes. It's for, like, Best Actor and, like, Best Comedy. So, like, I don't really know um, mm-hmm. how it's going to do. That doesn't bode well for it, right? No, but you never know, I guess. Because also the Golden Globes are whack. I think hmm. we can say that. Like, mm-hmm. the foreign press... What are they called? I think it's the, the, the Foreign the Associated Association? Pres- Something like that. HFPA or something like that. They're... They're foreign press, like they they just don't have the the best handle on a lot of the stuff that's like currently happening. Mm-hmm. So like I always feel like the Golden Globes are a little bit skewed. But anyways, um, so just you know, with all the stuff that happened last year, like I do want to mention that like it was a. I hate saying that. I hate saying this. Like, but like it was a good year for people of color, right? It was like, an improvement. That's the word. It's it was an improvement. So you've had. You know, this movie that was, like, obviously um, starring a black person. You have, like, The Big Sick, which is my favorite movie of 2017. And it was a Pakistani-American 
playing a lead role in a romantic comedy, which is, like, unheard of. Yeah. Um, I think next year we're going to get um, Constance Wu in um, in Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. is an adaptation of a, of a really fun novel. Um, and then Mulan, they casted an actual... Asian person to play the real Finally. life, um, the real life version of Mulan, um, the live action version of Mulan. So, it's 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 improving, it's happening, and I think uh, there's more to come. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely think. I mean, those are just like some broad stuff, you know. And the other one that I wanted to to mention is also, um, you know, Kendrick Lamar, uh, his album. Damn, and that I'm a huge fan of. I haven't. Have you listened to Jay Z's 444 yet? Mm, no, because for a really long time it was not available on. Oh, um, was it only? Was it one of those things that was like only on title yeah, or something? So, um, so it's funny because like this year, Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z, those are the two albums that had the most Grammy nominations. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's easy to think now how rap and music. Are like so synonymous, mm-hmm. but you know, with in our lifetime, there was a time where um, rap and the Grammys didn't have such a great relationship, and I, there were times where like, certain artists wouldn't go to the Grammys because, like, you know, um, in protest of like certain albums or songs not being nominated in certain categories. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I think, you know, uh, very specifically, if we can have like, if we can have a small celebration for a small victory, you know, like rap being recognized as almost like the genre in music, especially like American music. Mm -hmm. um, That's like a little small victory that we can all kind of like celebrate. Oh, for sure. So I think, uh, like you said, for people of color, 2017, still not great, but definitely an improvement, especially when it comes to pop culture and, uh, you know, mainstream media, you know, in 2017. It's definitely an improvement. Um, let's move on to, uh, our next theme, right? This is one that's, uh, a little hard, not hard to it. This one's a little, I don't know. I don't know. It, it hard for me personally to talk about. Um, and this is, we devoted an entire episode to this, which is like the whole like me too campaign, right? Um, you want to do like a quick like recap of yes. like how this started yeah but before that can i say that um my mom who doesn't really speak english but like uh she she associates like sexual harassment with me too so she'll be like oh he did the me too thing and like, <laughs> i'm like Wait, what but it sounds so much funnier in korean but like she means like he was accused of you know, sexual harassment, but like she's like using it incorrectly. But I, but you get what you're saying. You get yeah. what she's saying, and he was. She was like, "Did he do me too?" Too. Like, <laughs> what is she talking? About? But it's just really, really, really uh, cute and funny. So yes, uh, this year came the downfall of so many powerful men yep. that we know because of just the terrible way that they've conducted their lives mm-hmm. this whole time. Um, but it really started with, of course, um, I guess it was back in October, Steve? I want to say, I want to say October. I'll, I'll double check. Um, where the New York Times kind of like blew this wide open. Dozens of women came forward to um, 
to accuse uh, movie producing mogul Harvey Weinstein of various degrees of sexual harassment. And, um, and since then, we've literally seen, like, it's like a domino, basically. Mm-hmm. So Harvey Weinstein, I think, still remains the top of the list because of, like, just the sheer number of women who were impacted and the number of women... It's, like, almost countless Like, not only did he, like, do terrible things too, but, like, ruined the careers of. Yeah. Um, uh, But, like, you got, like... um, Well, I was never a fan, but, like, Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose and Kevin Spacey and Jeffrey Tambor and Louis C.K. And just... So many people who, some have denied the charges, some have, some have admitted to what they are being accused of, but all are basically, I think, blacklisted. Like, I just cannot see any of them coming back from anything. Maybe, I don't know, Jeffrey Timber is a little bit different, but, like, um, there's no way, like, Kevin Spacey, House of Cards totally moving on without him. Right? Yeah. Um, Louis C.K., his entire presence on Netflix, HBO, like, scrubbed clean, FX, totally severed ties with him. Um, Matt Lauer got fired <laughs> and is never to be spoken of again. Like, there's, it's just, for anybody who's still in the closet about something like this, I hope your boots are shaking because, yeah. because it's just a matter of time and when it happens, like, you are done so. Um, but it just, you know, it blew open this whole, it's just like so much of this abuse of power. You know, it's so much more, like, it's so much more about, like, being sexually harassed and sexually abused. It's about the abuse of power. power yes. And these men who are in position of power holding that over over women or over... I mean, there have been men who have um, also um, been victims too. And it's just, like... I don't know. Like, it's uplifting and it's upsetting. It's just like a... All at the same time. All at the same time. It's hard to... I don't know. It's hard to kind of put into words. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. But, you know, I think what you notice is, you know, with this whole trend and I feel like every other not even every other week every week there's someone who has to be like oh we've removed like you know i I read one on like russell simmons the other day oh yeah and so it's like and a lot of times it it goes one of either two ways it's either one where if it's like uh like misconduct like in the um for the example of like jeffrey tambor Mm -hmm. right it's mostly that like oh, you know, he's kind of like a jerk and he's really fiery and passionate and can get angry. And so he's saying things to people that are, like, offensive and uh, he's like, you know, oh, they misconstrued it. You know what I mean? Um, And then there are others who... And that is still an abuse of power, right? Yeah. And then there are others who are, like, you know, Charlie Rose or, like, Matt Lauer who used how much power they had to get things that they wanted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... While they are different, they are also equally, like, terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you have um, – and I think, for me, uh, it helped me to appreciate some, like, 
some piece of pop culture that like normally I wouldn't like. So for example, that song "Praying" by Kesha, yeah, right? That so is good. my favorite song of the year. So good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because like you know exactly what she's talking about, mm-hmm. and it's it's so it's so good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think this is something where like. Um, we will continue to see this going forward. And sometimes you just need, like, that blazing fire to, like, wash away everything. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the foundation isn't strong enough. And so we just got to, we just got to start over. Yeah. You know, so, like, sometimes I'll, I, I remember I was, um, after the Al Franken one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Al Franken. After, yeah. yeah. After the Al Franken one, I remember Stephen Colbert did a monologue where he's like, oh, well, I guess, like, all our villains and heroes are just going to, like come tumbling down, you know, and mm-hmm. it, and it's true, and it's like sad, like you said, but also like totally necessary. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so. Um, but it also, you know, there it, le- it does leave a question about like. I think what makes me sad. Well, a lot of the things make me sad, and, and obviously, I'm most saddened by like women who have to be so traumatized of by the behavior of these like deplorable men. But for some of these, for some of these, like, um, of the accused, it's the, it's the legacy of the art that they created that are now forever tainted by the, the things that they've done, right? So, like, I'm going to use Louis C.K. Like, when the stuff, and granted, like, I've heard rumors about Louis C.K. for years, mm. and, like, Tig Notaro, who's worked with him, and he produced, like, one of her shows, and she's a comedian, like, earlier this year was, like, publicly was like I, he needs to like apologize for his behavior and like it kind of was like swept under the rug and like people kind of were like whoa like what is she saying but like nothing really came of it until like I think it was another New York Times story yeah like, um but the Louis CK one like devastated me because like I was such a fan of a his stand-up like some of his stand-ups so good and be like his show on FX Louis like it's it's just it's a, such a good work of art and, like, where does all of that go? Well, right now you can't find it anywhere, so it goes yeah. nowhere. But, like, and then, like, the people who, like, were involved in it, like, and their livelihood. Like, it's just, it's, like, this weird world of, like, wanting to preserve some of that art and some of the yeah. the, the contributions that they have made to this, like, to the creative world. But also reconciling that with, with like, no, like. People need to be punished. And yeah, this is yeah. part of the punishment. Um, strangely enough, I did think that way when we were talking about Birth of a Nation and Nate Parker. Oh, ago. yeah. Um, right, right. Like, all those people who were in that movie and did, like, by all accounts, since I didn't watch it, like, did such a good job in the movie. Like, none of them got to be, like, nominated for anything and have their work be recognized because of this, like, one man like you know mistake I mean mistake but like also he's an awful person yeah um but it's just like interesting right like you have all these people who are associated oh, with them yeah. and it's this like it widens that circle of people who are affected like by that much but ultimately it comes down to supporting these women who are brave enough to come forward and brave enough to put action behind right. you know justice um, and I think that needs to take precedence over any of the other stuff that I've just mentioned. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I think, you know, part of it is also, like, you know what, like, there are all these people who, you know, were part of, um, you know, production and, you know, who gave performances. Um, just keep giving people, you know, of color, keep giving minorities, keep giving, you know, females positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, keep giving them opportunities. Like, it shouldn't, like, a lot of the people that, no, all the people that we talked about are are males mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like why like let's just keep giving other people opportunities to succeed yeah. give them production companies give them a tv show yeah. give them a, a you know a directorial debut you know what I mean and you know then we won't have to rely on the same people and the same kinds of people over and over you know um and so I think that's why it's you know like sad confusing hard to reconcile but like necessary um, can I just mention one more thing? Of course. So Taylor Swift this year got a lot of flack um, starting in the beginning of the year with her feud with like Kanye and oh, like, right, know, right, right. her being a snake and all this stuff. And like I think towards the end of the year, like her quote unquote reputation got like a little bit more restored with like the success of her album and whatever. But, um, you know, and I was feeling very meh about Taylor as a person um, for most of this year. But the thing that like, kind of not turned around the ship but like the thing that I did add to her like corner uh, like I was just like okay like that is the tailor that I like was um so she went to trial earlier I remember summer, that that's right um for for something that happened like I don't know five years ago but she was at a meet and greet like pretty fairly earlier on in her career um and like a then radio dj came up to her at the meet and greet for a photo with his girlfriend and like there's a picture of them like just smiling for the photo but like Taylor claimed that like this man had reached under her skirt and grabbed her and um subsequently like after that photo was taken like she told like her management and the DJ was fired so then he sued her for um you know making false claims and getting him fired and to prove a point, like, she countersued for a dollar. A dollar, yeah. You know, like, she didn't need the money. But, like, if you read the transcripts of of the things that were said in court, granted, look, she's a powerful white woman in position, and not everybody gets to have this platform, and not everybody can be so brazen without feeling consequences or feeling like they might suffer consequences. But the way she describes the... You know, like the obviously she doesn't like sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm, the cross examination, like the lawyer is really trying to rile her up, and she like doesn't get riled up by that, and she literally is just like, "Well, your client shouldn't have had his hand up my ass." Like, and she uses very like cross terms, but um, she's kind of like like very heroic to me, and mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and you know, Time Magazine um, also included her on their cover um, of like women who really drove like that me too movement this year and a lot of people were actually upset that she was on the cover because like they felt like other women deserved it more but like that's beside the point but like yeah so she was part of this like greater narrative as well um but if you have a moment you should definitely read the transcripts of like the um her test like her testifying like it's pretty powerful stuff agreed agreed you know what speaking of speaking of um taylor swift and you know uh how she has, like, righted the ship a little bit. Why don't we talk about other people who we've identified that had a great year yeah. this year? Um, 
you know, uh, I'll, I'll go first since, like, I'd mentioned, you know, Kesha and her song Praying. There's mm-hmm. another person who released a song this year, mm-hmm. and I I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. <laughs> and Cardi B is having a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you and I had talked about this uh, before we recorded, but, um, and because, you know, I mentioned Kendrick Lamar and Damn, and for me, like, the um, the ability and the talent of rapping, right, was like I had held in, I still hold in such high esteem, such mm-hmm. high regard. I'm like, you know, this is something that like not only do you have to be born with this talent, but then you have to to hone it and craft it, and you know, it has to be your passion. And then here comes Cardi B, mm-hmm. just being like, you know what, I'm just good at this, yeah. and I would not be someone who you um, would typically associate with rap you know she was like kind of like one of those influencers more so than like a recording artist you know in our minds that we would we would associate more with influencers and she makes really good music and she's pretty (laughs) damn good at rapping and it seems like and i don't want to like judge a book by its cover but it doesn't seem like she's like in the lab like scribbling notes and like you right. know trying to like right. you know like eminem and eight mile yeah. like going to yeah. freestyle yeah. battles and yeah. like you know honing the craft she just seems like she's just naturally good at it. and that it reminds me like oh yeah like you know what some people like just just get it just go get it and it brings me joy to hear like about her success and to hear that how she's good at this yeah you know so it, i for me she's just one of those people that's had a phenomenal year this year that's and she really got good. engaged to offset from migos i was like who's offset okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like is he a basketball <laughs> <laughs> um what about you Who who's someone that had a big year for you nicole kidman oh, so good uh, except for the clapping Oh, she said that she had on weird big rings and she couldn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Together, but it is really weird to see him. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, she turned fifty this year. Get out of uh, here! Mm-hmm. But like, I think this this was like her year. So she started mm. off the year with an Oscar nomination, right? Mm-hmm. So she was nominated for Lion, and then she starred in one of the biggest TV shows mm. of this year. Love we talk it. About that for a little bit. Oh yeah, I mean you know, Big Little Lies is one of those things where it's like it would have seemed impossible, maybe like a few years ago, to get all these like movie stars. You know, you had um, in no particular order, of course, like Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. uh, Shailene Woodley, um, Laura Dern, and um, Zoe Kravitz, and you get them all in this like TV show on HBO for like eight episodes, and on the outside it seems really silly and then you watch it and it is so good and she is so good in this like movie because she she has like different looks like she's such a three-dimensional character yeah. you know it, you have like classic nicole you have powerful nicole you have like scared nicole mm. you have like victimized nicole you have like vulnerable nicole you have like um thick skin nicole she has so many looks in this show and she oh man she's she's so good i i still don't know and not to like make everything a competition i don't know who i'm more like um who i'm like more a fan of like reese or like nicole in this but i'm like you know what maybe i don't need to pick and choose like there's both so good and nicole i mean she's just like she hits it out of the park so um i mean you know i i 
we should totally like do a whole episode on a whole kidman's career but yeah like she's oh, worked steadily um and it's kind of interesting because like i think like in the beginning she was just known as like tom cruise's actress wife hmm. and um and like their post-divorce like i think maybe was like the best thing to ever happen to her because she got to be creative and she got to do things I don't think that she may have done, like being married to like somebody of his, you know, whatever. But um, his career has, or the stuff that he's done recently has not oh, it's been not great. Close, and yeah. like his career is like on the decline and hers is just like, it can, it's a it's steady incline. To incline. And it's like amazing because there's that old. Um, you know, Hollywood uh, stereotype of, like, anyone being over the age of, like, 30. Yep, like, yep. your roles diminish and you just don't get to do You things. only get the mom roles. Right. And, like, she's, you know, this year alone, like, not only was she in Big Little Lies, so she was in Top of the Lake, which is another, like, um, like totally critically acclaimed uh, TV series. And then and then she was in two movies. She was in the Sofia Coppola's beguiled and then she was in a movie called the killing of a sacred deer which i think is supposed to be like super weird because it's hmm. about it's a it's from the guy who did the lobster with colin Farrell. oh yeah, yeah 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 um but but yeah like she's steadily working um so it's interesting yeah i mean i think it's also important to note that like the two people that we um had picked uh respectively for people who had great year are, are women, mm-hmm. you know? And I mm-hmm. think, um, again, obviously not perfect, not even close to it, but 2017, even though it seems impossible, because in many ways it w- we keep getting like deeper and deeper into the abyss. Yeah. Uh, you know what? There were definitely like small victories to be had, you know, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add for our year-end review? What anything else you want to for women, particularly Wonder Woman? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just I like I think I'm looking forward to 2018. Yeah. Um, but 2017 was a hard year. I think. Um, I think it was a hard year for a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of things. I think it like really the, some of the stuff that was like popular like wasn't like you know like things that really spoke to, like, the things that are going on, like, you know, even with the success of, like, Handmaid's Tale, and it's, like, mm-hmm. a dark dystopian tale, and, like, that really resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that, like, 2018 is, like, it's, like, a more fun year. Yeah, maybe we can start seeing some light at the end yeah. of the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's our uh, year-end review. That's our 2017 review uh, podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, feel free to check out all the stuff that we talked about. I know we talked about a lot of TV, a lot of music, um, a lot of movies. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to watch or listen to any of those, you know, definitely give those a try. Um, remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. And then uh, we'll be back in the new year with uh, with some more stuff and some more content. So hopefully you guys enjoyed. Thanks again for tuning in this year. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys will continue to tune in next year. So um, happy New Year's, guys, from us to you. You want to say bye? Bye, guys.